Okay, guys, whether you're a longtime listener of the Blonde Hair Blackheart podcast or a newbie in the Blackheart Club, you definitely know that there is only one real housewife that I truly ride or die for. And when I say ride or die, I mean that I would literally follow this woman through the gates of hell if she asked me to, especially if there were champs on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Heather Page Kent Dubrow. Hi, Heather. Thank you. Uh, that was quite an intro. Thank you for well, having me. Hopefully this we is won't cool. have to go through the gates of hell. Well, I know you've been there and back on RHOC, so we're definitely going to talk about going through the gates of hell. But I think together we're going to have a pretty fun time today. And I've got to say, I mean, I was just telling you before we went live, this is like bucket list for me. You are my favorite Real Housewife, my favorite Bravo celebrity, and I'm someone who prides myself on being able to kind of go back and forth. I'm not like one of those stands who will like rally behind someone when they're intrinsically wrong, unless it's you. Not that you're ever <laughs> intrinsically wrong. You're oh, never I've wrong. Been, That's the thing. I've been intrinsically wrong. I'm very willing to admit that. Well, to me, you're always right. And that's how I know that like you are my number one. And I've always said, you know, when you came on the scene, you were such a breath of fresh air in Orange County. And to me, you know, I am Jewish. I am a theater nerd. I love musical theater, all of that. I'm a, I'm a little bit type A. I'm a Capricorn. So when you came on the scene, I was just like, oh, it's, it's, it's me. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I just love you so, so much. And on top of being, you know, the number one Bravo celebrity in the Bravoverse, you are also a very vocal ally of the LGBTQIA plus community. So I was so excited to have you on specifically today to kick off Pride Month. So thank you. thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I love that it's the first day of Pride Month. Amazing. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to do whatever I can. You know, my whole thing is always, you know, I have this platform and, you know, this podcast I've been doing for eight years and obviously the show and a reach. And it's like at some point, I don't need to sell more products. We don't need to, I don't need to write any more books. It's like, what are you doing? You've been given this incredible platform. I feel like if I can affect any families and help them start conversations in their homes, then I've done my job. And then I've used the platform correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you that you have done that 100%. So first and foremost, let's just tell my listeners, I mean, they obviously, they all know who you are. They know your story. We've been watching you for years, but let's just fill the people in. Let's tell everyone what your connection is to the LGBTQIA plus community and what pride specifically means to you. So um, I'm a mom, I have four kids and they are all different genders and different sexualities. And I truly believe I was given these four kids for a reason. I really do. Like I was saying with this platform and with these kids um, to be able to help other families. I grew up in a house where no one talked about anything, literally. They were very, very nice parents, but very 1950s and literally nothing was discussed. Yeah. And I am the polar opposite of that. I have always been very open with my kids, very honest with them. And really not, not that I'm their friend by any means. I mean, we have a wonderful relationship like that, Absolutely. but I'm still their parent. And, you know, it's been important to me to build a family, like our own little community where they felt really comfortable coming to me and they have. So I knew that that was like something that I was doing right. And the fact that my children have been able to come to me and discuss their sexualities, to discuss their genders, to discuss what's going on in their lives and how they feel about things and the journey that they're on. They're still, you know, young. They range in ages 
12 to 19 and, you know, helping them figure out who they are and watching them go through the journey is really amazing. And, you know, they're going to have all kinds of things happen in their lives. And so I just want to be here for them and be that sounding board and help them on their way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so important to know that they have a safe space um, because like you said, they are still in those really formative years. I mean, even 19, you're so young and throughout your entire twenties, you're going to be making decisions and mistakes that will, you know, form, form who you are. So exactly. knowing that they can always come home, they can always talk to you guys. They can always um, lean on you even when they're making the, the wrong decisions or when things don't go their way or when they're pivoting throughout life. You know, I, I was raised, you know, my, my household wasn't super hush hush. My parents were open and, and I'm fortunate in that I never had a sense of fear of, of coming out or that they wouldn't accept me for being gay, which is, which is fantastic. Crazy. I'm so, so lucky. And I tell anyone who will listen how lucky I am because I know that that is not the experience for everyone. But I also, you know, we, we didn't have a household where I felt comfortable coming to my parents for every little thing that I was going through. Um, you know, there was still this kind of, well, we don't talk about that, you know, and, right. and knowing that even when it's uncomfortable or awkward, there's still someone there to listen and, and having that, um, I don't know, that like safety net under you that allows you to go out and make more mistakes and try new things and, and really become who you should be. Exactly. And and as parents, you know, our job is to create that safe space and let them, you know, grow up and figure out who they are. That's why, you know, when I talk about my kids, you'll notice like I don't talk about them that specifically because I, I, I've always felt like it's their story to tell and it's their journey. Now, some of them have told their stories to date, meaning mm -hmm. like Max. Yeah. Max told the world she was bisexual number of years ago. That was her decision, her story to tell, but she's very open about it, which is why I feel really comfortable talking about it. And it was interesting. I learned so much from these kids. My God, they teach me so much. Um, and I remember doing a podcast with Max and she was giving advice to a younger person and, and she was talking about coming out and she was saying like, but only come out if you have a safe space, because if you don't have a safe space to come out, don't. Yeah. And I thought at first I was like, oh, and I, I, I never would have thought to give that advice. And it was so, it was like such great advice and the way she said it. And and it, there was more to it than that. But it was yeah. like it was really amazing to listen to her navigate. But the truth is, you know, I, don't, I just don't want to put labels on my kids because I feel like labels change the way one feels about oneself changes the way you want to be known even with pronouns can change yeah. over years. And so I just want them to have the ability to be whoever they want to be. Absolutely. And, you know, having these types of conversations and opening the door for people to change and to be flexible throughout their lives. I mean, I, I think of all of the ways that I changed my identity, not even in my sexual orientation or my gender identity, but like things that I like or things that I don't like or the way that I dress or the music that I listen to. I mean, we are constantly changing the ways in which we describe ourselves. So, you know, our sexualities or our gender ideations, th those aren't going to be any different. We're going to be shifting and, and evolving throughout our entire lives. Exactly. It is all an evolution. And I mean, me at my advanced age, I'm going to tell <laughs> you that I really like, uh, so when I turned 50, I thought this is halftime. 
It's like my halftime show. I'm going to gather yeah. the team. I'm going to figure out what we did right and wrong in the first half of the game. And we're going to go <laughs> to the second half of the game, like all in. Yeah. And I really, it, I love it. And I still feel like I, I 54, like I feel like I'm still, you know, try being self-actualized and figuring out, you know, what I'm doing right, what I, what I need to work on, what I need, what I want to put out in this world, how I can help this world yeah, and, you know, what I can leave behind. That's why, you know, talking to families, the messages I get, I'm sure you get a lot of messages too about, um, you know, families and LGBTQIA plus issues and relationships and all that. And I always say to my community, I'm like, listen, message me. I'll talk to you. If you're a kid or you're a parent, you need help, you're strange, something's going on. And if I can't help you, I will point you in the right direction to someone that can, because that's what we're all here for. Yeah, absolutely. Be everyone's mom. Yeah. When they say it takes a village and, and that, you know, can be uh, boil down into so many different avenues of your life. Like it's not just in raising your kids, but it also takes a village just to like succeed in your job. It takes a village to go follow your passions, like everything and anything you need community and you need support. And the only way you can have that is by communicating and talking and telling people what you're going through and what your needs are. And I think it's so amazing that we do pride month. I just think it's so beautiful. Um, I, I just, you know, there's so much more work to be done. And yeah. obviously, you know, there's scary things going on in this country and, you know, the legislation and and that kind of thing. We have to we have to keep pushing the message of love and acceptance across the board. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you say to people who, you know, argue against Pride Month and they say, well, why do the gays need a whole month or when straight Pride Month? I mean, what would your response be to them? Why is Pride so important? It's like when they used to say, why is there a Mother's Day and a Father's Day, but there's no Children's Day? And the joke used to be every day is Children's Day, like every exactly. day is a great day. You know? Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, the point of having a month, a day, a week is because there needs to be more discussions and there needs to be, you know, uh, more banners and more. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but but we need more um talking and and putting the message out there yeah because the message is not landing as yes. much as it needs to and yes. so if whispering doesn't work you have to speak and if speaking doesn't work you got to you got to shout yeah. and if shouting doesn't work well you got to shout louder you know and so we're shouting louder and i, yeah. I you know i think a month is phenomenal yeah, I agree. I'll, we'll take the whole damn year if you're asking me. We'll take the whole damn year. <laughs> but the truth is, you have to think about it also like this. If it was every day, it would get lost in the shuffle, right? Right. You need a, a, a moment to highlight. Yeah. This is pride and this is who we're talking about. And let's all love and accept each other and realize this is all biology and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And wouldn't it be great if we didn't need a month? Uh, God, I mean, that's ultimately, you know, the goal. And I think that's kind of what I always say to, you know, our straight counterparts who were like, what is the point of this? You know, why do we need this month? I'm like, I, I agree. Let's get to that point. I want to get to where you are, where you are, where I'm saying, we don't, why do we need to do this anymore? 
you know, but it is so important to amplify, you know, our voices, not just in the celebratory way, which is all so important, you know, to celebrate LGBTQIA plus people and to, um, you know, highlight uh, queer people who are doing amazing things in, in our country and in the world. But also we have to recognize and remember and amplify the voices of all of the people who came before us who were discriminated discriminated against and you know kind of to max's point what you were talking about before and how come out if you have the support system but but don't if you don't there's still so much to fear and we do tread a really fine line of like you know is this going to be the best thing in my life that is going to free me of all of these burdens or am i now going to be a walking target you know in danger yeah 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 so having pride month it it highlights both of those things which until there's not a need for it like we've got to keep doing it because i mean people gay people are still being killed transgender people are still being killed you know it's we're not just having pride month because like we want fanfare and confetti and glitter i mean we love glitter don't get me wrong but that's not what it's about you know yeah Yeah. that's beautifully said yeah so you talked about how your, your three children who are all of, uh, you know, different genders or sexual orientations, their stories are their stories. But I also think it's really important to hear your story and what your experience was with each of them coming out. Because, I mean, for me personally, you know, I, again, when I came out, my parents were so great. There was just kind of, I mean, they, they knew and it was just like, it is what it is. It's fine. And that was kind of that, which is great. But you hear so many um, people who have come out and, and their parents have a really tough time with it for whatever reason or another. And in my mind, I always just felt like, well, screw them. It has not, it's not up to them to be mad, sad or anything. They just need to be supportive. And right. my husband in particular, his coming out was vastly different than mine. His parents really struggled with it. And his mom in particular grieved uh, the loss of, of everything she had seen for her son. And again, you know, I was like, screw you. You don't get to decide what his life is like. Now, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that story before. Yeah, and, I mean, you, we hear that a lot. Yeah. And and I always just kind of said like, well, that's so unfair. It, it has nothing to do with them, and and you know, they just need to focus on what their kid is going through, which I still, for the most part, believe. But I will say, in you know, preparing to become a parent, I was telling you that my husband and I are in the process of adopting, and we've that's been so in this process so exciting. But we've been in this process for two and a half years now, so in that time, I've had a lot of time to think about like, well, what are my kids going to be like? And what do I envision for them? And what do I envision for myself as a dad? And now I'm starting to understand that we really do. We we picture, you know, 18 plus years before they're even born. So what was your experience like with your three kids coming out? And how did it change after the first one came out and yeah, that trajectory? It, it's interesting. Um, it, it's such a good question. I think that as a parent, you know, what you really want is for your kids to be happy, healthy, successful, right? That's what yeah. you want. I was never a parent that was like hoping for the professional athlete or the supermodel or right. care if my kids are delightfully average. All I really cared about was that they were happy, just had a happy childhood, happy lives. And with Max, you know, it wasn't surprising to me. It wasn't anything. I, but I think the thing that triggers parents, kind of what you were saying before, but for me, I never had like a, oh, my dreams are shattered from of what I wanted for them. I had none of that with any of my kids. Good. My whole thing and my um, 
my journey as a parent of all of these kids has been very emotional, but not for my hopes and dreams for them. My Any emotions that I have had for my kids has been because what you want for your kids is an easy life. You want them to do better than you. You want them to be more successful than you. And mostly you want it to be easier. You don't want them to have the problems you had in junior high. You don't want them to have the problem you had in high school or in your twenties or when you lost that job or when you, or the struggles or the anxiety, you don't want them to have any of that stuff. So when you have a child who is outside the quote norm of society, all of a sudden you go, can I swear? Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. All of a sudden you go, fuck, what's going to happen to them? Who's going to be mean to my kid? Who's going to date my kid? Should we stay where we live? Is this a good environment for my child? Is this school a good school for my child? Are these friends good friends for my kid? I mean, that's where you go. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I've seen in my kids and their friends is that this generation, like my kids' generation, are lovely. And now I can only talk about where I live for the most part, but you know, we live in a very conservative, white, straight community in Orange County, Mm -hmm. for the most part. I'm not saying we don't have a gay community. I'm Jewish, you know, we have, uh, you know, people of color, but, but for the most part, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, I I get it. I used to live in Dana Point. So I understand. I I hear you. You're at a baseball tournament all weekend. Fun. And it's a beautiful place, but it's just very, very homogenized. It really is. It's very homogenized. And so you know, it was, I was scared when, you know, all this started happening. And what I realized was the kids are all great. They're all accepting and fluid, a lot of them. And just like, and it's not TikTok people. It's not, this is just the next generation. They're just good. They're good. They're good people. Unless there are adults in their ears, filling them with rhetoric and nonsense. They're, these kids are good. And yeah. I feel like we we are raising good citizens of the world here. I really do. Yeah. It's their parents that are the problem. 100%. I am finding. Yeah, absolutely. I, and my we always kids. we always need to look to the younger generations to kind of help us uh, see what's on the forefront. You know, obviously they're the ones who are going to be taking charge. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that my gener. I mean, God, I, I am a millennial. I grew up in like that early aughts where everything was like, that's so gay. You know, it was just a really, really difficult time, but I'm happy to have gotten through that. And, and now to kind of be of the generation that is really paving the way for the next generation in terms of like representation. I mean, when I was a kid, the only LGBTQIA plus characters on TV, it was like the super faggy best friend, or it was someone who was being hate crimed, you know? And so those were the two examples, either being a complete stereotype and and laughed at or dying, you know? So to be able to see how much things have changed and how 
the kids are all right. It's like, it's so fulfilling. I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that like millennials paved the way at all. I mean, Gen X and the AIDS epidemic, I mean, we owe everything. And it just, like, again, this is why Pride Month is so important because the history of all of it is just like when you actually start going through it and recognizing it and like, you know, I, I did the whole being gay and WeHo and going to the clubs and drinking my vodka sodas. And I thought that was what being gay was, but like, there's right. so much more to it, you know? Yeah. You know, it was interesting to me. I, I did something recently. Um, that's, I guess, coming out on the fifth for um, Elton John foundation. Oh, cool. And I, I did not realize, so I didn't realize how kids today think of AIDS as something that's not an issue and something that was like of my generation. And they don't, they don't realize that people are still dying and contracting yeah. AIDS. And it's a huge, huge worldwide problem mm-hmm. that especially with COVID people yeah. have forgotten about. And so that there was a lot of like factual information about it that I really, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really there- that, that there's a lot of, there's a really good, um, uh, uh, promotion that's going to be put out during Pride Month from Elton. That's awesome. That's so great. And and that's, again, why having Pride Month or having any sort of uh, time or space to amplify these stories, amplify the history, amplify the causes. I mean, all of that is is so hugely important to um, making waves of change in the right direction. You know, you kind of mentioned earlier, we're facing some really scary legislation and it feels like for every two steps forward, we take a step back. But if we keep taking two steps forward and one back, like we're eventually going to get where we need to go. So we're on the right path. You know, it's just math, people. That's very (laughs) optimistic. I like that. I I try to be a glass half full kind of guy. And today's a great day. I've got Heather Dubrow with me. So, you know. (laughs) So you talked about how living in Orange County and raising your kids in Orange County is definitely a bubble. Um, and uh, it's it's a particularly red bubble in Southern California. Um, what, what has it been like raising queer kids in this environment? I mean, have you found that for the most part, everyone has been supportive? I, I mean, obviously you touched on like the kids are all fine, but what about the other adults in your community? Has it been an issue at all? Um, there's been a little, there's been some issues here and there with, with some adults, um, which have, you know, changed playdates and friend groups. Yeah. Um, but I would say for the most part that the schools that the kids have gone to have been just wonderful. I mean, it's so funny. Like we're Jewish. My kids have been to Jewish schools, Episcopalian schools, Catholic schools, like everything. And across the board, I really have to say that every institution they went to, has been really lovely. And and even the school that one of the kids is at now has an inclusion team. It's really, really special. And we've been very lucky. That's awesome. That's so great. What about your other OC castmates? I mean, how has the response been with uh, your current castmates or former castmates? Um, I would say for the most part that um, everyone's supportive. Yeah, that's good. Obviously there's one person in particular, a former castmate. I'm not even going to say her name. She's like Lord Voldemort on this show. We don't, we don't talk about her, but what we don't do is we don't give any publicity to people that shouldn't have her. Exactly. Exactly. But but I will say this, I will say this. There are people in the world that want to make their living um, hate mongering. 
And I, I do believe, I just believe in my heart that there is a price to pay for that. I don't know what that is, but I believe there is. But I choose to not look at that because it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my children and it doesn't affect us. So, yeah. Yeah. What were the conversations like in your household uh, when you were talking about rejoining the show? You know, was this a concern of yours, how how it would be received? So, I mean, no. But when we, so when they asked us to come back, it was like, why? You know, we left the show really well. You know, life is good. I, you know, successful podcast, YouTube channel. And I was like thinking about getting back into scripted and you know, what are we going to do and kind of thing. But then I thought Max had just come out as bisexual. And like we were talking about before, I mean, I had gotten so many messages from people, hundreds and hundreds of messages, like, you know, I'm estranged from my child or my parent or my child took their life because they, you know, didn't have a safe space, all these heartbreaking and also wonderful messages of hope and love and all of that. And I thought, God, you know, if we can start conversations in other people's families, show our like normal family, our version of what looks like a normal American family here, maybe that helps someone. Maybe that, maybe that's a reason to go back. So I, you know, Max had written a book. I knew that, you know, we were going to talk about the book. I was going to throw her a party for the book. So I knew that that would be on the show with her permission, obviously. And that was what was going on in our lives at the time. What I didn't know I mean, I knew that Katerina was a lesbian, but I didn't know that she was going to talk about it. It wasn't it wasn't something we had discussed mm-hmm. or anticipated, but we were just, you know, I do something with the kids, you know, like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing with Katerina today? Oh, we're going to garden. She wants to change the planners, whatever. Okay, can we film that? Yeah, sure. So they come over and we're doing it. And she just randomly says to me, I think I'm going to take my lesbian flag down. I was like, well, why? She's like, because I put something on TikTok. And someone made a comment about the flag. So, and it launched into this incredibly beautiful, normal moment between a parent and a child. And when it was over, I was like, hey, are you okay with this being on the show? Like, I can't remember how old she was, 13, 14 kind of thing. And I'm like, you're young, you know, I could talk to that. And she's like, do you think it'll help people? And I said, yeah, I really, I really do. And she's like, yeah, no, that's fine. And I was like, okay. And I talked to Terry about it because, you know, we're her parents. She was yeah. 14 or whatever. And we were like, it's so sweet and, and it's so normal and so real. And there we go. And I, I just love that, again, the comments and the amount of support from seeing the, our relationships that is affecting people, even if it affects one family, then, you know, we, we were successful. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool to, you know, be able to watch uh, a teenager experiencing real teenage things and be able to come and talk to their parent about it, which is, you know, I mean, you talk about your normal, but that's not normal. You know, it's not normal for a 13, 14 year old girl to be so um, just be so trusting in their mom and be able to talk about these types of things. So to be for, for kids watching, to be able to see that and and maybe be like, wow, maybe I can go talk to my parents. I didn't think I could. And then also for parents watching to see you dealing with something that, you know, might be considered an uncomfortable conversation dealing with, with any kid's sexuality. Some parents are just uncomfortable talking about dating and stuff, you know, but so seeing how well you handled that, knowing that it was completely off the cuff. I mean, 
I, I, I truly think oh, what a gift to you that, that she trusted you, what a gift to her that you were that sounding board and what a gift to the audience that we got to see such a real raw moment, you know? Yeah, it was really sweet. But you know, the truth is, and the take home is, you know, I don't care if your kid is straight, gay, but like whatever, sometimes it's uncomfortable having yeah. conversations with your kids, you know, it yeah. is, but it's going to be as comfortable as you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, some of them have told me things I don't really want to know. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Because I often think back, like all of the things my parents know about me that I've like blocked out, you know, they have, they've got dirt for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, so, that's so funny. <laughs> so, um, Another uh, one of your castmates in an unexpected turn, Alexis Bellino recently announced that she also has a transgender son. I think for a lot of viewers, um, it was surprising to see uh, her post and her response and how accepting she was. It seems like she's she's come a very long way. Um, have you and she been in touch at all since since uh, her son came out and your son came out? Um, I, I just want to highlight that the post that I put out was very specific and that there were people talking about my child and it really wasn't supposed to be a big announcement, more of a, let's not let someone else tell gotcha. story. someone else's story. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's young. Yeah. Um, and again, needs time to for sure. And tell yeah. his story when he's ready, you know, yeah. if he wants to tell it, that's his choice. But I will tell you that I think Alexis is so fantastic and such an incredible mother. And what's funny is she and I had reconnected, um, I don't know, like four or five years ago because her son, James, and my daughter, Kat, were in a play together. Oh, how funny. And they were playing like love interests and it was oh hilarious. And, um, you know, my whole thing about the show is like after the show is over for almost everyone, um, it's like your sorority sisters, you know? And so I, you know, I'm fond of Alexis. I don't remember what, 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 do, what do we argue about? Who cares? I don't yeah. care, but it was really lovely seeing her and we kind of stayed in touch. And then when she, she posted that, um, she had reached out to me before that, I think when Max came out, but we, we have been in touch and we have talked and I will say, I think she's an incredibly smart, brave, incredible mother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, a lot of the fans were surprised, but like pleasantly surprised. And I feel like we we missed out on getting to watch this incredible growth of hers. Like from where we last left her to now. It's, well, hopefully it's she'll make an appearance. Wouldn't it be fun to have her back? Oh my gosh, that would be great. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. So I want to go back in time. Like I said, you are my favorite Orange County housewife. You're actually my favorite housewife, period. So I want to open up the OC vault. And Do I want it. to know what some of your favorite Real Housewives of Orange County memories are. So first, I want to know what your favorite scene that ever came to air was. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to answer this. But also, I want to know from you. Okay. You can ask me anything. I'll tell you. Anything? Yeah. Okay. I want you to ask me, like, if there's a hole in a piece of information that you're dying to know. I'm so glad you said this because I had one already and I was okay, sitting wow. on it. Hey. 
Hey guys, I'm so excited to be celebrating Pride Month with my friends over at Mala & Mantra. Curators of meditation mala beads designed with precious gemstones and crystals, handcrafted by a fair trade cooperative of women artisans in the Philippines. Judith Compton, founder of Mala & Mantra, approached my husband Matthew to help design their 2023 Pride bracelet, as she's always wanted to help support the LGBTQ community. Judith insisted Matthew consult and provide guidance on this project based on his experience in diversity, equality, and inclusion initiatives and marketing. This was a three-month process of collaborating with Judith to select intentionally curated gemstones and mala beads, crafting a mantra and copy for the marketing materials, and ultimately developing and releasing the design, the Unconditional Love Bracelet. We face the harsh reality of recent anti-LGBTQ policies in a world that should celebrate love and diversity. From discriminatory laws to oppressive regulations, the rights of our LGBTQ community are at risk. But remember, this fight is about more than just policies. It's about the lives and well-being of our friends, family, and neighbors. Every person deserves to live authentically, free from fear and prejudice. So let's raise our voices and take a stand for equality. Together, we can create a world where love knows no boundaries and everyone is accepted for who they are. 10% of proceeds of all Mala & Mantra Unconditional Love Bracelets will be donated to PFLAG National from June 2023 through June 2024. Founded in 1973, PFLAG is the first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ people and their families. PFLAG also provides support and resources to those in marginalized communities such as Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, African Americans, Latinos, and the military community. Learn more about PFLAG's works at pflag.org, and make sure to purchase your unconditional love bracelet at malaandmantra.com. Happy Pride Month! Well, first I want to hear, I want your answer and then I'll get it. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you this. I really like the girls trips because okay. I had never been on a girls trip before I joined the show. And my youngest was nine months old when I started the show. And like, we had to go to Costa Rica and I was like, oh my God, I believe in Mexico. <laughs> Costa, Rica, <laughs> Costa Rica, Mexico. And so, which is funny because, you know, we always go to Mexico. So it's kind of right. Exactly. At the time. Anyway, so. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to, and they're like, well, if you want, you can bring the baby and bring some, and I'm like, no, I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to go. And even though there was drama and all that, it was so fun. And we laughed on these trips, things you don't see is we end up staying up till two o'clock in the morning and laughing and being silly and drinking and, you know, being like dumb and fun yeah. and all those things. Um, uh, the one thing they didn't show was actually Ace took his first steps on camera. Oh, wow. That's, I, I mean, see, to pull those are down. the kind of things like how amazing to, you know, I mean, obviously it didn't make it to air, but in, in theory, like you just have this uh, like photo, like moving photo book, you know, it's yeah, like I everything's think, captured. I think honestly, what happens this season on the show, even though it's, like a horrible season for me. It was very, very difficult. But within that, so many things happen. And, you know, like when you catch something in real time on camera, it's the coolest thing ever. And a lot of things in my life were caught in real time on camera. That was super fun. So there is a moment that I can't tell you yet, but 
there is a moment that happened that was like really fantastic. Will I know it when I see it? I think so. But if you don't, you know, message I'll me. I'll DM you. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I do like, um, but you know, like I loved, um, I mean, I loved all the parties that I threw and um, boy, I, I got to think about that. I gotta think about that. Yeah, I mean, I have so many favorite Heather Dubrow moments. And one thing that I love about Orange County in particular is that you guys know how to do like the petty drama really well. A yes. lot of the other cities, they get really wrapped up in like, I don't know, like legal scandals and people getting arrested. And like, I wanna see you guys fighting over chairs. I wanna yeah. see someone breaking the fondant bow off the cake. Like that is the shit that- By the way, that is that the best? So fucking funny. That whole, I mean, I'm sorry. So many gifts from that one party. That party, that finale, that was your first season. That was, that finale party gave us, you broke the bow off my cake. It gave us um, Vicky screaming at Tamara, my friend, my soulmate, my sister. Yes. Like it gave, it gave um, Tamara screaming at Brooks about the evil eye. Like there was so much. I mean, Jim oh. coming and leaving and coming and going. It's like, oh God, I'm, I miss it. I miss it. I want, it I, that's so what I want good. back. That, that was so good. I also like, I mean, I love, you know, I love throwing parties in general. Do you remember, um, cause I was just looking through pictures. Do you remember the bridal shower I threw for Tamara? Yes, yes. My it's entryway. Fancy was, and everyone was wearing like red and pink on accident. Yes, isn't yeah. that weird? We, that happened with that cast. That happened a lot. I, I posted something, but we went on that first season. We went on um, Mehmet Oz's show. We went on Dr. Oz. Yeah. And it was in New York and we were doing press or whatever. And they flew us all in. We show up and we walk in the green room. All five of us are wearing red. All five are wearing a red dress. And Alexis so and I have on almost the exact same dress with the same belt. Like it was, and then we just had to go with it. We look like it first. We were like, we look like idiots, but then it looked planned. Yeah. I mean, it kind of works, you know, like it, the whole, it, it would, it's better than all of you in red and then like one in blue, you know? Yeah. Yes, but yeah, that that happens a lot. I tend to wear the same dress as Vicky, weirdly. She and oh, I were in the same dress at BravoCon. We were both in this um, Navy Fendi dress. And one year at the Bravo Upfronts, we were both wearing the same black dress. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, I think so, it goes to show you that as a cast, you guys really gel and you mesh and you're from the same world. And a lot of the other shows, there's kind of clear divides. And on Orange County, you can tell that you all do have fluid relationships with one another. Yeah. It's not like this couch for, versus this couch, which yeah. can get to be a little tiresome. So, I, I mean, that's why Orange County for me, it's, it's, you know, so close to my heart. It's the mothership. You know, yeah. we love it. We love it. Um, okay, so you said that I could ask you a question, fill in a hole. Yeah. Tell me what happened at your hoedown with the mechanical bull when Tamara went flying. Okay. We need to know it was never addressed. It's never yeah. been addressed. I, I, so I was, I, I literally asked my husband, I was like, do you think I can ask her about the mechanical you can bull? totally ask her. <laughs> so this is my memory of what happened. We, I was on the mechanical bull first. <laughs> and they were like, you know, go whatever they said to me, whatever. Yeah. And then I got off, but right at the end, it feels like, you know, you like I was whipped around. And I remember getting off and being like, I feel like someone turned that up. And they, and all the girls were standing there. Tamara was there, like, everyone was there. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like they turned that up. Like it got so fast at the end. So then we go about the party and blah, blah, blah. You notice you don't see me saying to the bull guy, turn it up. Because if you think I'm like a maniacal, crazy person that would walk up and be like, turn it up. Yeah. Mwahaha. But my memory was before she was even getting on the thing, we were joking about it. Like, turn it up. She thinks she's so good on it. Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Then you see me, but I don't really remember exactly how it went down, but it was something like that. And then you see me later walking with her going, oh my God, we have to get that guy fired. You know, I don't know who did that to you. And it looks like obviously I did it. And like, I'm now fucking lying. If you think that I would tell the guy to turn it up and then go say that to her, I know there's cameras everywhere. Like I'm not an idiot. Why would I say that? I would either say nothing I mean, or I would apologize profusely and be like, oh my God, I told him to turn it up. I was kidding. Like those two events did not correlate to me. Yeah. And it totally looks like that. But I'm, and there's a mechanical bull moment on this season and I'm sure they're going to fucking flashback (laughs) to it and it's going to be a whole thing. And I'm standing there this season, so irritated, knowing that it's going to be flashback to, and it's going to be talked about. But honestly, I would never say that. I mean, in a mean way, I would say it in a joking way. And if I had remembered saying it, I certainly would have addressed it at the moment. Right there. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a good thing then that we brought this up. If it's going to rear its ugly head on this season, then we're we're nipping it in the butt ahead of time. (laughs) No one's going to believe me anyway. But of course she's at my party. She like fractured her arm. I felt terrible, terrible. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, so stupid to to do if you were trying to do that intentionally like there are cameras all around and i think this about so many of the things that you specifically get called out for i'm like she's a very smart woman like she's not an idiot she wouldn't do that because she's not an idiot you know and also so you're telling me that the mechanical bull operator would listen to me right and risk risk whatever liabilities they have way yeah yeah crazy ridiculous well i'm glad we cleared it up everyone now knows the truth we no longer need to litigate they this. won't believe it but it's, okay. <laughs> it's all right i w- like i said i will fight with anyone who comes for you okay <laughs> so your return last season sweet 16 it was fraught with drama thanks to a little someone named noella have you seen or spoken to her at all since the reunion no okay that's a resounding no the people want no. to know because everyone seems to think that you're either omnipotent or like the chief executive officer at NBC Universal. <laughs> Did you have Noella fired? Oh, I don't you know I have everyone fired. I love that. I love Not that about you. I have everyone fired. Did you also read that the reason why the season was so late was because Terry's cheating on me and I'm having scenes pulled out? I heard you were in the editing bay, just like doing all the cuts. I mean, look. Apparently, gotta do what you gotta do. So silly. It's it's, it's so ridiculous. Silly. I mean, if you think you can have anything taken out of a show, anything you cannot. Yeah. No yeah. one. Why, no one why would they? Pull, why would they pull the juiciest stuff? You know that it always boggles the mind you when people believe. Thing behind you. Oh my! You're just noticing it. Yeah, I put that up just for you. Oh my god, I love it. That's so cute. <laughs> 
I completely um, forgot about it. I literally printed I that out this that. morning. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, no one is that powerful. No one can make changes like that. You just yeah. can't listen. If there's something involving a child or I, I, I'm sure like Bravo doesn't want to mess with children and they're very kind with our kids and, and all of that kind of thing, unless they're adult kids, obviously. Yeah. And if, if they're paid or cast members or whatnot. But other than that, I mean, this is a show, you know, you, you do what you do, you say what you say and, you know, hope it all comes out correctly. Right. I mean, you guys don't even get lucky when things aren't caught on camera. They're still putting it in the show. And then, you know, just we have to imagine what was happened. So there's really no avoiding it when when the season is going on. It's it, it's going on. It's going on. It's just ridiculous. I can't have anyone hired. I can't have anyone fired. I can suggest people to be hired. Yeah. I can do that. Um, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> I brought the call on. Um and yeah, I we we I feel like we really missed out there. She had such potential. Well, you know what? And that's kind of a misnomer too. And I, if you spoke to her, I'm sure she'd tell you the same thing. But there's also a misunderstanding that people say that I got her fired. Right. Yeah. Well, I brought her on the show. I didn't know that she had sued Terry. You saw what happened. And then afterwards, I can't tell you what happened because that's her story to tell. But I kept saying to her, stay like to me the damage had already been done right right what, what did i care at that point? that's that's what doesn't make sense at all like why would you try to get her fired at that point it, it already I blew wouldn't. up you didn't get to eat the nobu sushi for crying out loud so what's the point i couldn't get her fired i didn't get her fired and i wouldn't have gotten her fired i thought she was going to be great on the show yeah yeah i mean me too but uh you know unfortunately we don't always get what we want no but, but that I being said this. i think that um, I didn't watch the show when I was gone, but when I came back, um, you know, the only one I knew was Shannon. I didn't know anyone else. And I feel like it was, and I kept saying, I thought it was like a transitional year. And I think it's great that they brought Tamara back and it felt a bit more like the show used to be when I was on it the first time. I feel like it's really like, I think the season's really good. And I think that it's going in the right direction. Good. So what was your first uh, first response when you heard Tamara was coming back? Just like two thumbs up? Yeah, I thought it was great. You know what? Tamara is Orange County. Yeah. She just is. I mean, I yeah. know she, she joined what? Season like two? Three, three? two or three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's one of those few housewives that like feels like an OG, even though they're not. Yeah, she she really is. And she's like kind of the perfect housewife. Like she she really is like layered and has all the things and I, I, you know, and, and historically she and I have had, I mean, we've had our problems at times, mm -hmm. but we've always like had a really nice relationship. Yeah. I was in her wedding. Yeah. You're, wedding. You two are one of my favorite housewives friendships. I love the two of you together. And I think it is because you guys are so uh, diametrically opposite in so many ways that when you come together, it is like a really, really fun mashup. Yeah, well, that's tested this season. I, yeah, yeah, that's what we hear. Um, obviously, you can't say too much, but as of today, where do you stand with Tamara? It's complicated. Okay, fair, fair. Now, obviously, everyone's talking about Tamara's return, and I'm sure you get asked 
all the time what your experience is like filming with her this season. But what was it like having Vicky back? No one's asking about Vicky. Oh, um, I love I, Vicky's funny. Like I just I, I like when Vicky's around. She's a really good energy. She's very funny yeah. and she's fun to be around. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone's really excited to have her back and Tamara. I mean, to me, like you said, Tamara feels like OC, but to yeah. me, the core four of RHOC is Tamara, Vicky, you, and Shannon. Like the four of you really feel like Orange County to me. So I'm I'm so excited to get back to that. And like I said, hopefully get back to some like petty, petty, petty fights that we love. If you could bring someone back, someone else back. Yeah. Who would you bring back? Um, <clears throat> this is tough. Uh, definitely not she who shan't be named. Um, definitely not like Lydia. Um, I think, you know, I thought Lizzie was a really good housewife. And I thought even her second season when she was demoted to a friend, I still think that she was in the mix a lot. And I was kind of surprised she was demoted. Um, so I think it'd be fun to have her back. I think Alexis would be a great person to bring back and kind of see um the the huge huge leaps and bounds she's made in in her life um uh yeah i'm trying to think what about no Gretchen? i mean oh i honestly i think that would be really interesting especially given the the tamra of it all um and and yeah i mean it kind of feels like different worlds a little bit like rhoc like like with Gretchen and then after Gretchen, the show kind of when Gretchen and Alexis left and then they brought on Shannon and it kind of was like a clear divide and it became like a new show almost to the viewers. Um, so I think that would be really interesting bringing Gretchen back and having her with Shannon. We've never seen them interact, have yeah. have Tamara and Gretchen that. back up and at it. I mean, it would kind of be like the the old OC meets the new OC. I really like That's that. That's interesting. I didn't think yeah. about it. I like it. Well, you're CEO of NBCU, so make it happen. Well, let me just get on the phone. <laughs> right? <laughs> start working on the new cast. Oh my gosh. Now, you and Shannon also had some stuff to work through last year, but at the end of the season, it really seemed like you guys had found some common ground by doing edibles together. Yes. Have you have you plugged Shannon in at all lately? <laughs> um, so I, you know, it's funny, out of everyone, it, Shannon, I run into. Like I don't run into anyone but Shannon. Orange County's and, big. People don't understand that. It's like when Shannon was telling Tamara, like, I can't go work out at your gym. It's an hour away. Like it's literally an hour away. People don't realize that the OC literally. is huge. Yeah. Yes, it's far. <laughs> and so, yeah, when when I hear there's a party like in Kodo, I'm like, oh. Right. Like, Do I need my passport? passport? Yes. I, did I say that? <laughs> no, I'm not, maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, did I? Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like you have to get ready and then like three hours in advance. Right. to go to the party down there. But um, uh, uh, yeah, so I run into Shannon and I think the thing with me and Shannon is that we're in my heart, she might not agree with us, but I think we're actually, we've always meant to be friends. And when we're together, we have a lot of fun and we have a lot in common, but I think that other external things and people get in that way. Yes. I, I agree fully. I think you guys also, I think you have so many similarities, but you also speak different languages. And I think that the way that you, I mean, you're so funny. You're hilarious. You can be quippy and sarcastic and Shannon's funny too, but in a different way. And she's extremely sensitive. And so I think sometimes oh things, things that 
like if you and I were hanging out, you would make a, a joke about me and I might, I'm gonna be like, oh my God, she's, she loves me. Like, that's why she's making me, I'm the same way. Like I, I rib my friends, I rib the people that I love. But Shannon seems to take those things really personally. So I think, you know, you both mean well, but ultimately things get lost in translation. Yeah, so she originally, she was she was introduced through me and there, yeah. we filmed a bunch together that they didn't show. We went shopping, we got our lashes done together. And I really liked her. And then as soon as we went to the first party, she like became best friends with Vicky. And I felt like I was persona non grata. Yeah. And and then I feel like I'm not really sure what happened that season. I, I never really, I knew what I knew, but I didn't understand what was going on behind me. And then also, you know, I was like, Tamara and I knew stuff and it was like, don't, you don't tell her. I'm like, okay, I won't tell her. And then Tamara tells her. I mean, like, I felt right. like I was played a little bit. And I, I, I you know, Sonny, when you think you're smarter than what's going on, you've already lost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now that infamous scene where Shannon comes over to your house and you have to ask her very politely, in my opinion, to leave. Um, scenes like that, I mean, we, we as viewers kind of tend to assume that everything is set up. Did she really just stop by unannounced or did you know she was coming? Um, they told me she wanted to come over. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't was, like you had invited her over or anything no, like that. But I made that clear because I didn't want it to be like, I'm inviting you over and then we're going to have a problem. That would have been. Right. Yeah. So I said, I'm getting ready. I, cause you, I was in like sweats, but my hair and makeup was done because we were going to a, a party or a dinner or mm -hmm. something. Um, and yeah, so she came over and I'll tell you that I addressed this last year on the show mm -hmm. at the sushi party after all that stuff happened with Nicole directly to her and again at the reunion and they didn't show any of it. Interesting. So what was that conversation that you had with her at the sushi party? What, what was that like? I was, I, I was so upset when I found out that it was Shannon that had brought this lawsuit to production's attention. Now, would it have come out anyway? Probably. But okay, that's life. That's like right. weird things that happen in life, right? Mm -hmm. But to bring it felt very punitive to me. Yeah. And I was so angry. And what happened back then was that, you know, I, I knew her husband was having an affair. And she came over to my house and she wanted these answers and I was not blowing up her life on television. Right. Yeah. And I feel like also she was aware of things and wanted me to be the bad guy. I don't know. There, it was very layered, but I just wanted her to go because I didn't want any part of, I didn't want any part of it. Yeah. Interesting. But do I you think, like, I felt do you like think I at that time, I'm sorry, I was going to say, do you think at that time she wanted it? to come out she just didn't want to be the one to do it i don't know that and she'll probably tell you that she didn't know okay um but i certainly was not going to blow up her life on television and hurt her children right all of that so to me i look like a bad guy but i'm trying to protect her and then she brings this lawsuit to production so yeah. it can be you know found out which is just I, I just like, I, I just thought it was so wrong. Yeah. It's, then, I mean, it's fucked up. And then she, and then, you know, she did know about the affair and that year 
when I cut the bangs, <laughs> we sat at that reunion and she and David sat there like nothing was wrong. And she, she knew about the fair and, you know, they sat there like the, nothing was happening. And they didn't talk about it till the next season. Yeah. It's hard when, you know, there are things happening and people aren't being honest. Um, I think so many other housewives would have just pulled the rug out from under Shannon and would have put her on blast and would have exposed her. And I think uh, the fact that you didn't says a lot. And I think that it's it's not a common thing in the housewives world. I mean, everyone's throwing each other under the bus left and right. There used to be a code on the show. No careers, no kids. You just didn't. Yeah. Do you, you think that that, that code doesn't doesn't exist anymore? No, it really wow. doesn't. Not not for everyone, unfortunately. It's the Wild West out there. Yeah, it really is. Man, man. Okay, so when Bravo released the cast bios for the upcoming season, um, Taylor Armstrong's bio mentioned that you and she get into it over IMDb credits, which is sounding a little bit like um, the Malibu country fight to me. Like I said, I love the petty, petty, petty yeah, drama. So that was, that was good. Can, can we expect, you know, some of those uh, petty fights that we know and love on the upcoming season? Um, I, are there petty fights? There's definitely some petty fights. Love it. There's also, there's mean fights. Okay. And um, I, how do I say this? I feel like, again, with the career thing, you know, we're supposed to lift each other up, support each other and help each other be the best we can possibly be, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, especially women to women, that's what, we should be doing. Does it always happen? No. Are, are we perfect? No. But we should be. And I feel like um, there were shots taken at me that I'm sensitive about that I I felt was um, inappropriate. Uh, who am I beating up, Heather? You're going to have to say. <laughs> All right. So before the season airs, before watching anything, only having known what you lived through, who do you think is going to have the most to answer to at the reunion for this season? Um, you know, it's a good question. I don't want to answer it. I'll tell you why. I think that it, you know, this show is weird. Like in real life, you go to a party, right? And party's like four hours long. And you have a feeling while you're at the party, you have a feeling right when you leave the party, you have a feeling the next day. And then several months later, you might have a different feeling about it, yeah. right? It was the best night of my life. Oh, that was fun. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said? And then six months, you know what I'm saying? Like totally. sometimes your memory of things is different. Yeah. And you also have to see the way it's all put together. And I want to leave the door open uh, to see what it looks like, what my memory is of it compared to what it looks like and see if I feel the same way about my own actions. That's fair. I think that's really fair. I think that's the most fair way you can go into the season. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a name for your fans? Like, you know how Teresa on Jersey, they're the tree huggers are like on Beverly Hills. There's like the sluttons for Sutton. Do you have a I name for your fans? I didn't even know that. No. <laughs> well, I have one for you. Okay, what is it? We call ourselves the Dubros. It's like me and my Dubros, you know? <laughs> 
So if you want to take it and use it. D-R-O-S. Yeah, yeah. The Dubrose, you know? Yeah. I love it. Wait, where are you located? I'm in Tucson, Arizona. So literally the Wild West. Are you going to go to BravoCo? I want to, but again, I've got babies on the way. So I just don't know. They're due in August. So realistically, I don't know how much my husband would love me if I was like, hey, watch the the one-month-old twins while I go party with Heather Dubrow. (laughs) But it's in November, so they'd probably be... Yeah, maybe two months, three months. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I did want to get a little bit of advice from you. You know, I I'm having twins. I'm having a boy and a girl, and you know, you know what that's like. Uh, if there's one piece of advice you can give a new or soon to be twin dad, what would that piece of advice be? Room temperature. Okay. Don't eat anything. Don't chill anything. They want to sell you everything, and the stuff today is crazy. But like there's things to warm the formula or warm the wipes, warm the diaper. What? Don't do it. Room temperature is the way to go. Okay, perfect. I'm writing that down right now. Easier. And the other thing is, I mean, to be honest with you, you really just have to laugh a lot and make sure that you and your husband are having date night. You're having sex. You're having you've got to stay connected. Whatever you have to do, if you're lucky enough to be able to have a little help, like a baby nurse for the beginning period of time, or you have family that could help or whoever it is, you've got to take advantage of it. Whether you have one baby, two, it's exhausting. And you have to make sure you stay connected to your partner. Oh, thank you so much for that advice. I am going to take all of that. And if my baby's like, hey, I want warm formula, I'm going to be sh- like, shut up. Heather said room temperature is fine. <laughs> room temperature. If, and if it's like good it. enough, if it's good enough for the Dubrow family, then it's good enough for you. Okay. <laughs> you are so sweet. Thank you so um, much for having me. This has been awesome. This has been an absolute dream come true. And, and one last question. Are you going to be recapping the upcoming season on your podcast? I am not. Okay. So here's the thing. You know, I've had a podcast for eight years. I never did that before last season. I think Mm -hmm. I was really frustrated last season and I did it. And Mandy and Jefferson were so fabulous and I love them and I still talk to them, but I I enjoyed being with them, but I didn't enjoy recapping the show. I think there's so many great, you know, housewife recappers and, and pop culture shows out there, yours included that, you know, I don't think people need me to do that. However. I do have this new network, the HD network Network. on the Fireside app, and there's a new monthly option. So you could like go ahead and join in there. Terry's got a cool show called Curbside Consults. And there's like, we have like six shows that are coming out in the next mm, two months or so. And I have a show on there called Nightcap, which is going to move to Thursdays. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite my subscribers on Thursday nights to come talk about the show. Because here's how I feel about it. I feel like, like I'd love to hear what everyone thinks, but I really would love, is it crazy? I would love to use this as a learning tool for all of us to keep conversations going. That's why my podcast is called Let's Talk. Yeah. On my podcast, I feel like if there's something thematic that needs to be discussed based on something that happens on the show, I will use that as a jumping off point. Like, you know, she, she broke the ball off my cake. All right, let's say that happened. I would say, did you see what happened on the show? Here's how I feel about behavior at parties and use that as a launch pad to have a conversation about that. Yeah. Is that I find interesting. 
So a nightcap, I'm going to invite everyone to come in, have a glass of champs or whatever they're drinking. Let's talk about the show. Tell me what you thought about it. And I'm curious because you know how like your best friend will tell you something like, listen, I love you, but maybe you shouldn't have said that. Like I, I want to know. I love that. Well, I am going to be signing up. My listeners, you all better be signing up for the HD Network on Fireside. Heather, thank you so much for being here with me today. This was, like I said, just the ultimate, cross it off the bucket list. My dreams have come true. I can die happy now. This is just such a treat. You are the sweetest. Thank you so much. Good luck with the twins. Send me a thank photo. Okay? I absolutely will. I will. And I mean, if, if, you ever want to babysit, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. Thanks, Heather. Bye. Bye.